what's up hybrids welcome back to another episode of the phantom hybrid podcast this is hanako and i am here with anthony mike and Lori, and we are discussing episode seven of season three of the boys host hero gasm <laughs> man after that episode i was like how are they gonna follow this up this is crazy and they followed it up with a very full fucking episode full episode but good grief um so they start off the episode, you have Vought News Network, and before we even go into the episode, let me say this, the people who are running the social media for the boys, they deserve a fucking raise, because between all the snippets and the Vought News Network and like the, the infomercials and all of the other stuff that they have promoting the show in the off season, this is how you keep people interested in your show when you're on hiatus. You know, they had this little clip where A-Train did a top five music video countdown for 2022. And it just popped up out of nowhere on my feed. And it was just the funniest little thing. And I'm like, this is how you keep viewers interested because that's a show that, you know, we may not get a n- new season until probably the end of this year, beginning of next year. Some people are going to forget, you know, about season three or they're going to have like, a, a, it's just not going to be in the forefront of their minds. But you do little promos like that to remind people, hey, we're still here. Hey, we're still here. They deserve an award. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, so you have Vought News Network. Starlight is making a splash now because she has gone public with the fuckery that is Vought. And of course, they're branding her a traitor. They're calling her, you know, they're saying, oh, I wonder if what she's saying is treason. Dude, no. Tre- treason for what? For Vought? Yeah. No. I mean, it's just like the friggin' Fox News propaganda bullshit. I was like... Ooh. Again, that are imitating life. The boys True. is very good for that. Facts. And is is which one call it wearing a wig? Is that a wig that she has on? Probably so. Um, she's probably pulled it has, by hair. now as much hair as she's pulled out or had pulled out. It has to be. There's no shot that it's not. Well, if you think about it in the in the previous episode, she took hair from like up under here and yanked it, so everything up top would still look kind of full. But yeah, yeah I, I'm pretty sure she's probably pulled out more of her hair than we've actually seen her do. Now, now, Hanukkah, you and I both know a good lace front can take care of all that. I don't okay? know anything about wigs. I do not do wigs unless it's cosplay wigs. And those I don't do wigs either, but you, you it just general knowledge of you know, you've seen the wig. Look, they got braid wigs, okay? That blew my mind. I was like, wow, they got you know braids. But a good lace front, even though I don't wear wigs like you. We'll take care of any situation. That's all I'm saying. Mm, I guess. But um, so yeah, she uh Ashley is there on Vot News Network and she's talking about how Starlight is lying, how she is losing her mind, how this is a response to Homelander breaking up with her. And I'm like, oh my God, y'all really think people are gonna buy this Kool-Aid. As we see towards the end of the episode, people are actually buying this. Including Todd. We'll get to Todd later. Ooh, but oh including Todd. 
I'm out. That that scene, that scene with Todd. Both of y'all look like. Yeah, that shit made me happy. Y'all look like y'all no. want to fight about Todd. Do y'all want to talk about Todd now? Do y'all want to get that I, off look, your chest? He got what he deserved. He got exactly what the fuck he deserved. Fuck Todd. He got he. I mean, I got put. I put myself in that situation. If I was divorced and my and my son's mother had had the dude she's dating take my son to a Trump rally, I'd beat the fuck out of him. There won't be no words. I wouldn't, I wouldn't even say, how dare you? I will just walk up and be like, hey, and busted him. That's bullshit. The crazy thing is Monique didn't even know. Yeah. Did not, she, Monique did had she no tell, did, did she not? I swear she told Ty that she told her, she told him not to do stuff like that. I think she, I think she did. Yeah, he kind of shrugged though. and she was like, baby, come on inside. She knew exactly, she knew exactly what the fuck was going to happen. She was like, she was like, like yeah, baby, let's let go inside. <laughs> Yeah, I'd have done the same thing. I'd have broke his fucking jaw, man. Listen, motherfucker, who she was like, you're not her father. Well, someone has to be. He should he should have uppercut him instead of jabbed. I would I would have uppercut his ass. I'd be like, sure you can. I would have knocked him over his car. Right, because it's not like he hasn't been coming around. It's not like he hasn't been taking care of her. So how dare you say some shit like that? You know what I'm saying? Fucking mean. He lucky he got he ooh. lucky ooh mm. he lucky all he got was one shot let's see was one hit the char you know what the Charleston stomp is it was me and my boy I'm in the A town stop I would be like <laughs> <laughs> if you don't give a damn we don't give a ugh in your face <laughs> man I, the nerd the unmitigated gall of this motherfucker like Jesus. Down just, with Todd, he, but I mean, we've been saying that for we've been saying that for yeah quite a while now. Todd, mm-hmm. like man, uh-uh. I would I would turn I, I would turn straight into fucking little John and I'm like yeah, uh. deserved it. He, he he's lucky that Marvin didn't go ballistic on him, right? And I mean, I understand Mon- Monique. You're sitting there worried about your your your, your dude, your husband, whatever Todd is to you. But I feel like at that point, it was Monique's responsibility to put Todd in his place because you know she heard that shit. She heard it. Anyway, we won't waste any more breath on Todd. We just say he got exactly what he deserved. Mother's milk took care of it. He took shit. care of it. He got exactly what he deserved. But oh, but you know, one thing, one thing we kind of didn't talk about was how Vaught is trying to connect Starlight to shining the shining light <laughs> because of her association with Kimiko. Right. Let me tell mm-hmm. you, Vaught is one of those companies they are going to do and say whatever they need to to take the heat off of them. And the the sad thing is. You have those people who believe it, even though it sounds ridiculous, even though there's no proof, which okay. has never stopped anybody. <laughs> yeah, proof. What is that? This is true. Is and I mean, if you really think about it, the same kind of sort of could be said for Annie as well, because when she did her live, yeah, you're you're there at you know in Vermont. You have bodies behind you, which I don't think she showed in her lives. But aside from you saying, I saw Soldier Boy do this, she really doesn't have proof either. So I can I can kind of understand, okay, 
we're going to spend this any way that will reflect positively on us. But there's enough of a contingent out there who knows that home homelanders batshit crazy. I mean, didn't he go off at an award ceremony or what was it? His birthday, his birthday um, ceremony. So, but but they may not equate that with craziness. I mean, think about re- think about our reality where you know we had a president who we pretty much everybody was kind of sure that he may have been a little off his rocker but there's people that swear that that's the most sane intelligent man there is we are not even gonna go down that path i'm just saying it's a possibility that yeah we look at the homelander like the dude is a psychopath he's kind of crazy he's got multiple person or i'm sorry a dissociative identity disorder but the general public they don't know that. I mean, they, they know what Vought's been telling them for the past 15 to 20 years or however long he's been out. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So for them, he's their hero. Right. You know? He hasn't done anything wrong because they don't know what he's done that's wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he and he and he speaks to them because he knows what they want to hear. And it's like, you know, they, and once he says it, everybody's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's like the more he talks, the more people that believe that are gonna come out of the woodwork and not and not care anything about what he does or what he stands for. They they just care about what he says and they're like, you know what, he's right. And it's like that's how shit gets started. Yeah. And and no spoiler, but I just recently we watched Lois and Superman or Superman and Lois, mm-hmm. whatever. And there's a scene where uh where Lana is trying to explain to everyone the situation that's happening this and they're all like that sounds crazy like the whole town's like that sounds absolutely ridiculous and then Superman comes in and say no what she's saying is the truth and they're like okay they believe it but it didn't change the ridiculousness of what the story sounds like yeah it just sounds better coming from one person as opposed to another right yeah. So if Homelander is telling them this is how it is, then they're going to believe this is how it is because he's Homelander. He's the hero. Oh, well. Okay. So I'm trying to decide where I want to go first. Well, you know what? Let's do this. Let's go ahead and get this out of the <laughs> yeah, I'm not paying y'all no attention. I'm not paying uh-huh. y'all no attention. We're going to talk about this because this was a quick scene. Maeve is alive. She I love the scene. I love the scene. She's being held captive by Homelander. And you know, y'all know I've had my complaints about May's character over the last two seasons. Um, and I will say the way she was in this scene with Homelander, this is what I have wanted from her character. She seemingly is in a bad place, right? She's been kidnapped. She's being held against her will. When Homelander walks in to talk to her, she is so cool and calm. She does not let him rattle her. And even though he's pushing her buttons, she's just sitting there giving it to him straight and telling him, you know, when he starts talking about the whole soldier boy thing, you know, he's he's taking their powers we 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 got to stop him she was like see that's the thing being a superhero is important to you i can't wait for this to be over and he's looking at her like what what 
Like he can't believe that she doesn't want this kind of power. And then he gets on the whole thing where he talks about, um, he talks about the future he had envisioned with her, you know, because she asked him, why are you keeping me alive? And he was like, you know, there was a time when I wanted to have a family with you. I wanted to have kids. Can you imagine our children? They would be superior. You know, they'd be twice as strong as, as Ryan or twice as powerful. And this is the thing that's, you know, kind of, I guess, pisses him off about the whole thing more about her not loving him. It's like, yeah, we could have, we could have, we could have been parents to a superior being. He was like, but that's okay. Because what I'm going to do is I'm going to harvest your eggs because what did she say? She said, anything that you try to stick up there, I'll break or whatever. He was like, hold up, hold up. We're not savages. I wouldn't take you by force or I wouldn't force you. I'll just harvest your eggs. You know, when and if something happens to you, whether, what did he say? Whether by accident or on purpose or something like that. And she was looking at him like, what the fuck is he about to do? Because he's like, yeah, I'll go ahead and harvest your eggs. And I'm still going to make these superior children. I was like. Yeah, he said, he said, whether if something happens to you, God forbid, by force, I'll make sure that the very best of you carries on. Like, And she was just sitting there. I think (laughs) that was the part that floored her the most. She was like, he was really serious about doing this. And he said, I'm not, I'm not letting you live. I'm keeping you you alive. Like, shit. Like, oh, damn. I love how after after you said that she laughed and was like, you know, this is still a top three day in my life because I saw you because I've seen you fucking scared. Mm-hmm. I was like, when he walked in, she was like, "Is that concealer? Do you have a bruise?" <laughs> like, oh my god, did someone beat your ass? And then he also figured out that she was the one who gave uh, Billy and Huey the temp V. Which, like I said, I figured it wasn't going to be too long for him to connect those dots, especially when he figured out that she was sleeping with Billy in the first place. Right. He was like, yeah. I can smell them. I think I figured this out. (laughs) But speaking of sleeping with people. Oh, dear God. Wait, wait, wait. Which one are we going? Okay. Yeah, go ahead. Soldier boy. Man, look. Props for him for giving old women old women a reason to live and giving them exercise and giving <laughs> them, keeping them active. I mean, this is like octogenarians need this. This is like to keep them keep the joints active, to keep them bendy and and like stretchy and all that stuff. You know, I mean, let the man have let the man have his fun. You know, don't kink shame this man. Okay, do not kink. I shame did them. not have Jensen Ackles masturbating on my viewing <laughs> bingo card. <laughs> Masturbating with with two old women on the bed, masturbating with him. On his... It was it wasn't pretty. That that's all I'm gonna say. It, it just I was like, oh god, they went there. I mean, it's just it just like we were talking in the last episode. It just shows how how much of a of a asshole he he is, and how old and rigid. <laughs> I'm using the wrong words. Here. Um, it's just showing. How he is very um, a man's man, old fashioned type of a person. I guess would be a better word to say because he's still thinking it's he's like, like the blueprint of toxic yeah. masculinity. It's just just like he. It's just like he yeah, said. The go. older they get, yeah. the more delicious, but drier. I was like, Ugh. I just I lost it. <laughs> no, I did. I lost no, it. I was like, got oh, a minute. He's got. Oh, you got some lube. Oh, <laughs> I don't want to. I don't want to go in I raw. Just, I'm was, like, oh god, I, no. 
was like, oh God, what am I watching? And, and, and I watched True Blood. <laughs> this, this was about as bad as anything in the Hero mm-hmm. Gap scene. Just... Yes. <laughs> probably worse. Yeah. Probably worse. And it's then you so have bad. Paul Reiser's character, the, the legend coming in. He's brilliant. Talking about Oh, now I gotta burn these sheets. He was like, you, you, you. Egyptian cotton. Now I gotta burn them. And what was it? He said, This bed has had two Jacqueline's in it. You get what I'm saying? Smith and Bassett. The way that they name drop names in this show for Smith the most, like, the most disgusting things, they're just dropping these celebrity names. I'm like, I wonder, do any of these celebrities ever be like, You can't use my name in this? Because it's like, even though I know this is fiction, it's one of those things where you're looking at it and it's just like, I'm not going to be able to look at you the same because I'm thinking about what they said about you in a fictional show. Dude, how old is that Look, look we're, we're lucky that he didn't have like a Dukes of Hazzards poster on the I'm wall Catherine or, you know, or Charlie's Angels or Catholic with Catherine Bach and all that, so... Yeah, it was like it, a picture was, of Raquel it was, Welch. It was interesting, <laughs> right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. No, 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 no. Just to flip it, have Jane Kennedy. Remember that poster yeah. of Jane Kennedy uh, back yes. in the day? The no. legend was like, first of all, thanks to you, I can never fire those women ever. <laughs> exactly. Now, thank you. <laughs> oh yeah, they were the maids. They were. were the it was like chop chop. The shag's That's not gonna cool. vacuum it. So. <laughs> Oh my God. Oh, Talk about you treating it like a oh, Reno cat house. Oh and Hugh, please don't make eye contact. Please don't make eye contact. <laughs> so oh, so what geez. they're doing is while Soldier Boy is trying to get his rocks off, um, he has given them locations for Mindstorm, who is another one of the payback members. This guy apparently has some kind of mental power where he can control what you see or, you know, has some kind of mind control. At least that's what it appears from the beginning of this. Um, Like Soldier Boy says later on, this guy is very paranoid because he hears a lot of voices. So he has 11 different cabins that he just kind of stays in and they're trying to figure out where he is. So, of course... Soldier Boy can go and get his revenge, do whatever, whatever. Now, while they're in the middle of trying to figure this out, it's interesting because you see Huey and Butcher trying to work out how they can find Mindstorm. And Huey makes a suggestion once they find out that Mindstorm is bipolar. Oh, okay. Well, you know, let's just kind of see where the um, surrounding pharmacies are we can find a lithium you know who's giving out lithium prescriptions and and we'll find his location and butcher is like good job Huey I was like this is weird for butcher like actually paying Huey a compliment and then when you see what happens with the rest of the episode once they find Mindstorm it's just kind of like this this episode was kind of it was dark and it was also so painful because you get to see a little bit more of Butcher's backstory yeah. with his father and with his brother and exactly what happened. And it kind of sort of makes you 
a little sympathetic to Butcher, I feel, but also angry because you are literally becoming the one thing you hated. And that contributed to so much. It contributed to your brother's death. It's contributing now to what may or may not happen with Huey. You know, we talked about this when we discussed hero orgasm as far as the temp V, what kind of side effects, you know, we would see from it because as Mike so eloquently put it, their brains are oozing out of their ears. And that is literally what is happening. And during the course of the episode, when um, Annie goes to Vought to try to steal some compound V, she sees the notes the scientists made in testing the temp V and the temp V causes brain damage. It causes all of these other side effects. And if you take anywhere from three to five doses, it will kill you. So remind me how many doses we said in the last episode that Huey and Butcher have had so far? I think uh, Huey has had- At that point, that's three. Yeah, so that means Butcher Butcher's has had- one up. Four. He's had four. That doesn't yeah. fare well. I don't think Butcher cares about himself. (laughs) Well, shoot. At the end of the episode, you know, when Annie calls to tell him about this and and he's getting ready to tell Huey, instead of telling Huey, he's like, hey, we need to go by the office and get some more Temp V. Butcher, you just had a whole, you just had a whole dream where you relived your, your brother's existence and his death. And his and your brother blamed you for his death and basically said everyone that loves you, you end up killing. Why would you? I just Butcher gives me a headache sometimes. He really does. Mm-hmm. Because why would you want to go? I anyway. Just it's, it's Butcher. You can't you can't make sense of that. You just just let it go. Just let it go. Butcher, butcher, butcher. Well, he's he's a flip side of of Homelander. He lets his emotions control him too. You know, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't see clearly because of how he feels. I tell you, Butcher needs to get his head on straight because I mean he's even said it before. Like you can't. I, I don't know. I I guess he's not really. He's not fueled by emotion. I know he's fueled by revenge. But at some point, you have got to stop making stupid decisions because that's going to affect your ability to get your revenge. You can't get you can't take out Homelander if you're dead. And if Annie already told you, hey, anywhere from three to five doses will kill you, bruv, you're already halfway there. More than that. You're one dose away. Right. <laughs> from certain death and you're talking about we need to go to the office and get more and i get it i feel like butcher at this point probably does not care if he lives or dies Mm -hmm. you know rebecca's dead ryan is no longer speaking to him and is with homelander he probably feels like okay i deserve whatever i get if i die i die i just want to take homelander out with me but it's like dude don't don't drag huey into your shit don't but anyway because it's like Huey already reminds him of his brother so it's like I mean there's already been a parallel drawn through the first two seasons that he still kind of sees him as his his little brother 
mm-hmm. but he's never done anything positive in that regard like you know trying to keep him from danger he just drags him along so yeah when, when they do finally find Mindstorm you know Soldier Boy makes a specific um, gives a specific directive do not look him in the eye just don't look him in the eye he doesn't tell them what will happen he just says don't look him in the eye and what happens is Soldier Boy trips a wire that leads to like a little explosion and Mindstorm actually shows up in front of Butcher when Butcher's trying to clear his hair from it. So he looks him in the eye. He passes out. He's in some kind of some kind of mental coma. And he's reliving his worst nightmare. And it starts out with him and Lenny, his brother, as younger boys. They're having fun playing with each other. Their dad comes in raving and ranting because Lenny has left his bike out in the yard. And so Lenny hides and Billy takes the punishment for Lenny. And, you know, just looking at the memories, you get the idea that this has happened a lot. Billy takes the brunt of the punishment for Lenny, you know, big brother protecting little brother. And you start to see the memories and how they escalate because at first both boys are both kind of innocent. They're both, you know, victim to their father And then there's an instance where Billy has done something in school and the headmaster says, hey, we have to call your dad because I think it was he he stole something. And Billy is begging him, please don't call my dad. The headmaster says, I have no choice but to call your father. We both know what he's like. You need to be better because you're smarter. If you know what this man is like, why would you threaten to call him knowing what kind of punishment would await for the student anyway yeah that that didn't make any sense to me it didn't (laughs) but because i mean you're educated and i don't know maybe it's different in britain or whatever but here if they suspect abuse they're not going to call the parents they're going to call defects they're going to call the authorities they're going to they're going to try to find some way or at least what they're supposed to do is they're supposed to find a way to help this abused child so he threatens to call billy's father billy takes a stapler and beats the headmaster and lenny comes in and tries to stop him and he ends up hitting lenny by accident but what they do with these scenes of butcher's flashbacks is they intersperse them with his actions and scenes that we've seen of his father doing sort of the same thing so basically they're showing us how billy has started mimicking his father even though his father was abusive he hated his father um you know this is not a person that he admired he still ended up growing up mimicking the behavior becoming almost a carbon copy of his father even some of the things that he says is stuff that his father has said to him or his brother as a way to hurt them you know we see that with Lenny um after this incident the father takes them to a pub and he talks about how you know in this life basically you you hurt or you're or you be hurt and he was like okay well you know what is it you sink or you swim and he tells Billy this time today you swam and he rewards him with some beer 
I was like, worst father in the world. And then he looks at Lenny. He was like, you need to, you need to, you know, emulate your brother and not be a poof your entire life. So then later we see Billy getting ready to leave to go to the military and he was going to sneak out. Lenny is in the room. He catches him and he was like, you're just going to sneak out and not say goodbye. Don't leave me with him. You know what he'll do. And Billy at this point knows that if I continue to stay here, I'm going to kill him. And then I'll be in prison and that'll kill mom and it's not going to help anyone. So I got to go. And Lenny tries to plead with him, you know, stay with me, don't leave me. And then Billy says the same thing. Lenny is not, you know, it's not my responsibility to look after you. You need to grow up and stop being a poof for your entire life. And I was like, oh Lord, here we go. And Butcher in his present state can't do anything but watch his, his younger self make this mistake. And this is apparently the thing that kind of set off what happens to Lenny because when he goes into that memory he was like oh no not this day not this day that apparently was the last day that he talked to his brother saw his brother he never checked up on his brother and so the next scene that we see is Lenny going into the kitchen get you know reaching into the cabinet and grabbing the gun and the whole time he's talking to present day butcher in his memory He was like, yeah, you left that day. You never came back. You never checked on me in six months. He beats me every day. It just gets worse. I can't do it anymore. This is your fault. You left, you know, you left me here for him. And Billy was like, that's not true. That's not what I did. Yeah, you did. He's been beating me uncontrollably and it's your fault. And then that's when he goes into the whole thing. Everyone, you know, that's what you do. Everyone who loves you, they end up, they end up dying. Becca, me, Huey, you know, or they end up getting hurt. And then he blows his brains out. I was like, no wonder Butcher is so screwed up. Yeah, and then, I mean, we met his father. What was that? This season, last season, that was last season. Last we season. met his father. Mm-hmm. His father was a right prick. So I'm just like. A right cunt. He's a right prick. Yeah, a right cunt. I'm sorry. I have to use Butcher's favorite word. I'm so sorry. But it's just one of those things where it's like you want to feel sorry for Butcher because you see what he's gone through. But at the same time, it's like, dude, you're acting just like him. So why would I feel sorry for you? You are repeating the same mistakes. The only thing is you're not beating any, well, you're not beating any children. You are taking out your anger on the people you can't stand. You're taking out your anger on the soups. All, you know, well and good. I understand that. But Oh, it's just like oh, Butcher is just you want to like his character, but at the same time, you just don't want to like his character. Yeah, this was heartbreaking, man. I mean, it's just like you plus I like how they when he was in his trance, they interwove like his past with his present and like with there were things that he had done more recently. Like when he went after he was beating the headmaster, when he reached around and smacked Lenny by accident, when he went and smacked Huey at the same time, it's like they kind of weaved everything together. Like that, like that was just freaking heartbreaking. I mean, when he when he snaps out of it, and he's like, "I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry," and Huey's like, "For what?" And that it's just was like, heartbreaking, man. It's just like he it was. It was almost. It kind of reminded me of the of a Christmas Carol. When 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 Scrooge actually 
when he like realizes what he did wrong and he was like, boy, what day is it? It's Christmas. Go buy me a goose. And it's like he like actually realizes everything and he, and he's a better. It's like it seems like a dawn. You can see the realization kind of dawn over his face, like what he's done and how he's kind of made turned Huey into Lenny, where he kind of has a second chance at it. And it's just like, but dude, then he turns around and fucks it up at the end of the episode. Yeah, it's like he gets told what what compound what Tempe does, and he doesn't. He gets close to telling him. He was like right there. He was getting ready to tell him. He was like, eh, "We got to go get Bofay." And it's like you can see he was like, "Shit!" Like at least he looks conflicted. At least he kind of looks conflicted of like about what to do. You would think slightly. that you you would think that this would make him more sympathetic character but it's almost like it makes him less sympathetic because kind of like how i feel about a train yeah <laughs> in, in, in a little a, bit of the same way yeah but know? except you no know, at least with a train he's trying to redeem himself this guy he's a right cunt just like the rest of the right cunts he doesn't like like he has his his chance to tell you know, Lenny, not to do the V anymore. Not Lenny, um, Huey. <laughs> yeah. See, even I'm confused. Yeah, exactly. And and he doesn't, like, he doesn't because he's a right cunt. That's what he is. He has an agenda. He's selfish. Yeah, he he's has an selfish. agenda. And when you have an agenda, you knock everyone down around you and you don't worry about the consequences of your actions. You, you, because you want to get your thing done. Right. So, and it is terrible because you're, you're you're starting to feel sorry for him, and then you realize why. Like mm-hmm. he doesn't care, right? And like I said, I feel like he's probably to that point where he's like, okay, you know what? I already know I'm gonna die, but let me let me do this one thing, and then I don't know. Maybe he feels like, okay, maybe maybe it won't affect Huey like it affected me because i don't think huey told butcher oh yeah you know what i dug in my ear and i pulled a little piece of brain out i don't think butcher knows that huey is starting to show symptoms yet you know no, i mean no, was, was it wasn't he was in so the room when... when when butcher he told butcher he was like you got a little bit of brain leaking out it looked like a little piece of venom sitting there on his ear he just kind of picked it up and was like uh yeah okay but he didn't he do that in the last episode and and butcher was in the room with him right butcher was in the room but he wasn't paying attention oh okay I yeah i don't think he was paying attention so anyway yeah. speaking of a train <laughs> oh man I'm, I'm so i'm so conflicted i'm not really conflicted i'm just like i kind of feel him on this where it's like okay he's like wait why am i alive and then she tells him that tells him why he's alive and he's like wait what not even really tells him why he's alive she basically tells him the story that they're spinning right about him being alive a train wakes up in the hospital of course the last episode he drug um what's his name to his death blue hawk yeah blue hawk he drug blue hawk to his death he passed out because he wasn't supposed to run. His heart can't take it. So he wakes up in the hospital. He's trying to figure out what's going on. And Ashley is there. You know, she was relishing this because after that conversation they had, you know, she was like, oh yeah, let me tell you how this went down. So it was so horrible that Soldier Boy attacked you and Blue Hawk at Hero Gasm. 
and he killed Blue Hawk and you tried to stop him and your heart gave out. But Blue Hawk will live on in you because we gave you his heart. I was like, when I tell you my jaw dropped on the floor, I was like, that is the dirtiest. Spinning like a tornado. Like, damn. I was impressed. I was like, damn. I didn't know she had it in her. I was like, okay, damn. She just said it. Even even if it wasn't his heart, she would have said it was Blue Hawk's heart. Just to be But I don't think any, I don't think another, like a regular person's heart wouldn't work for him because he's a soup. Right. No, I'm just saying, even even if it was another soup's heart. Right, right. Yeah. But I, I, I found it interesting that there was enough left of him that they could use his heart, because when I say he was shredded pretty bad, I mean, you might, it might have been done with him. It might have been slightly scuffed, but it should have been all right. But I have a question: if he was in there when Soldier Boy did his thing, would he? The thing is, like, A Train had his power, so maybe, so he missed him, but. Blue Hawk was kind of scorched, so didn't Blue Hawk get Soldier Boyd? He could have. But then that means he doesn't have any powers. Uh, that's a good question. He doesn't have any powers, but he, he probably, well, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it doesn't change his physiology in that sense. Like, he just doesn't have his powers, but everything else might be the same. Like, I don't think you can just go... Well, how about this? Um... Yeah, A-Train's blood would still be superpowered, so it would it would fix the heart to make it. It would just yeah, but but but, but if that's the case, then he could have gotten or any a heart. time delay on how long it before or a time delay on how long the effect of Soldier Boy would happen on a soup. To, maybe it's like twenty minutes or, occur, or maybe it was a between, gas explosion that know. got him, and not necessarily the uh, the um, uh, the yeah. the ray of death. Could be. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't. I'm trying to think. Maybe he was scorched, but it wasn't like he didn't actually get burned. I mean, because if you think about it, MM came out of there pretty intact. His shirt was a little scorched, but he didn't have any kind of like physical injuries from Soldier Boy's explosion. Neither did Billy. I mean, and I don't know if. I don't know if Soldier Boy's power would affect temporary V powers in the same way. You know what I'm saying? So, I, I mean, yeah, but I mean, just like, I don't know. I I don't know why I, I I thought of it like when I was doing my rewatch before the show. And I was like, if he got hit by the if he got hit by the ray, then he loses his powers because that's how his power works. Right. Well, we aren't too exactly sure because. He hit Kamiko dead on, right? This is true, yeah. yes. And he she, hit yeah, the twins dead class. on, and they were incinerated instantaneously. Mm-hmm. Right. So we don't know if you have to be directly hit by it, because Kamiko, I think, she has, she has a healing factor, and she's more durable. So it didn't incinerate her, but it stripped her of her powers. Mm-hmm. So it's possible that some of those people were close enough, but not close enough to be hit directly. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's like the Mm -hmm. heat emanating from it or the radiation from it could scorch them, but if it wasn't a direct hit, it wasn't enough to take their powers. 
Yeah. That could be what happened with A Train and Blue Hawk. Well, I was like, because didn't they say in this episode that everybody hit everybody hit by it by his ray got they lost their powers or something? Yeah, Homelander told that to Maeve. Yeah, or it could just be um, poor writing. <laughs> you know, that happens too. That happens all the time. That does. I would. Happen. I don't know why. I just now because I've seen this episode like three or four times, and it's like I'm like that. It just now occurred to me. I was like, oh wait a minute. Well, you know, it's kind of like we always say when you first watch it, you're watching it for the viewing. And then the second time you watch it, you're watching it to see what you may have missed. And then third, fourth, fifth time you watch it, you'll always pick up something different. Yeah. You know, because it's like you already know what the story is. You already know what happens. So I think you're more um, focused on the things that you didn't pay attention to before or things that you might have missed so that could have been it too that's true i mean it doesn't doesn't really take away from my enjoy enjoyment of it or Mm -hmm. like my pleasure in seeing and i'm actually kind of kind of glad that a train didn't die because he has a lot he has a lot of work to do he got he has he has he has shit to make up for so and the fact that she, she i'm glad she made a point of saying that we're gonna get you back in your old suit, which means no more of that A train Africa bullshit. Like, yeah, no, because she's basically <laughs> that was actually basically telling him we own you again. Right, you're gonna do what we want you to do because here is yet another mess of yours that I am having to cover up and take care of. Yep, that that's what that was. Mm-hmm. That's that's all that was. Her basically saying, yeah, um, you're my bitch again. Like, okay, what, what? Okay, bye. Yeah, I was like, okay, Ashley, <laughs> no. You don't need to ever do that stuff again. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. No. Um, let's talk about Kimiko. Because her scenes with Frenchie were so sweet and so sad in this episode. Because you realize they do care about each other. I don't know if they're going to be a couple or a thing because it, it seems like they've both determined that the kiss was weird and that they do love each other, but it's kind of transcended beyond a romantic love. Like she said, he's, he's her family. And what she does in this episode, they come over to MM's house because they're like, okay, we're going to help you because Butcher is a danger to everyone now. So we're coming to help. She's trying to heal and Annie is trying to help her. And she asks Annie to get her the permanent compound V so that she can have her powers back. And what she says is that she hated the compound V before because it wasn't her choice that she was given it. And this time it's her choice. And like she tells Frenchie, she, um, you know, she shows Frenchie the little note that she wrote Annie when she pleaded with her to get it. And basically she's like, I almost lost Frenchie because I didn't have my powers. I want to be able to protect my family. And like she tells him, he's her family. So this is how Starlight ends up in Vought Tower because she's going to go get the compound fee. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, after that plea, what can you say? No. She's telling, she's telling them, look, this is my decision. 
this is what I want and this is what I need. I need to be able to heal. I need to be able to save my, you know, save my folks. I need to not be a liability. But the scenes with her and Frenchie were so sweet. And I'm just like, I feel like they've built those two up romantically for so long. And then for it to not really pay off the way I, you know, I expected or I wanted, I'm a little bit disappointed. Yeah, I'm still one episode for something to happen, but I I just I don't think it's gonna happen between them now. And it makes me sad because I think they're like the love between them is obviously there. You see it. Uh, hold your horses because there's still time. I mean, they can, I mean, at this point, it's kind of it's kind of cool that they're taking it slow because she just lost her power, she's getting her powers back. They've been through a lot of trauma, so they have to kind of take it slow. So I get I get that. That's fine. I mean, they just really haven't. I think I think it's fine. I think it's better that they don't try to rush into being romantically involved. There's still a chance. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. I, them take, I mean, you know, they, were, they, were, they were standing I'm, there. I'm, dead, I'm dead. the first person who's always like, take your time, stop rushing. But these two were almost killed. This is the point where it's like, time waits for no one. Tomorrow is never promised. All the little cliches. Yeah, apply but, to these two they don't well, have time they just well i mean they couldn't have hooked up anyway because she's so she's so injured it's like nothing could happen anyway so i mean she them dead, them, v, she ain't injured now i'm saying but this is like i'm talking about before in the early parts of this episode it's like where they're dancing to dream a little dream which was just as adorable as fuck and that's dream a little dream is one of my is one of my favorite songs period of all time i love that mm-hmm. song when they were dancing to it, and she was like, I can feel your arms. I couldn't feel your arms before because they felt like bendy straws. And I was like, come on, you're killing me here. You're killing me. And I was, and she was like, I just wanted to feel them one more time before I, and he was like, what do you, before she goes back on. And I was like, oh man, y'all are literally killing you right now. Like, come on. So that's what I'm saying. I mean, there's still, I mean, and as long as she doesn't like bend him, like break him, like bendy straws, when they actually, you know, get to it, it's fine. I think there's still a chance. Don't don't discount them yet. Yeah. So I need. I have a question. I need to know where this Tennessee whiskey was bottled, because I've never seen an alcohol bottle where the liquid was all the way up to the top. Kirkland. Oh, that Kirk Kirkland is um. Is it Costco's or Sam's Club? It's, it's co- that's uh, Costco, Costco brand liquor. So, so they fill yeah, it do they? to the top. Yes. Wow. Okay. Oh yeah, I yeah, was cause... impressed. That was like because it almost it's generic. Like... Okay. It's literally generic. Yeah. Generic. <laughs> it's generic whiskey. It's the cheapest it you is. can humanly get. Yeah. It's like literally she was drinking like she was taking a whole bunch of you know just just gulping it down. And then when she puts it back down, there's only like that much gone from the top. And I was like, that's kind of where they usually started because I've never seen a liquid where they actually fill it into the neck of the bottle. I know that's something picky, uh, like like really heady to pick up on, but I was like, they're not really drinking. That's supposed to be showing us, showing them getting drunk. Yeah, I mean, Starlight took a hit because she's used to that Kirkland shit. She probably that—that's probably what she drank when her and um, her and what's and what's his name got all got all got the second. Supersonic got the second base. It's probably exactly what they were drinking. 
you might be right what was it that she tells Kamiko? she said uh she said when you grow up in Iowa there's nothing else to do so so but yeah I, yeah that's the that, that's like that's below well that's like below well brand stuff basically she could have said the whole entire midwest yeah. basically basically oh, okay um being from there, I know. Trust me, there's nothing to do but look. We have, look. That's what they do in the Midwest. They drink. They drink and get I the second that, base. I think that's an excuse any teenager uses. It doesn't matter where you live. It doesn't matter if you're in the country, in the city. Mm. It that's just one of those excuses. There's nothing else to do. We were bored. <laughs> <laughs> the delinquents, no. <laughs> But I mean, mm-hmm. you you hear it all the time. It doesn't matter if you're in the country. It doesn't matter if you're in the city. It doesn't matter if you're rich. It doesn't matter if you're poor. That is true. I'm just gonna drink. That is true. But um, going back to Soldier Boy, because the end of this episode had a very interesting turn, and which Lori called it several episodes ago they go to find mindstorm and while butcher is in his little um mental coma brought on by mindspring uh huey goes with soldier boy to try to find mindstorm now the first thing is soldier boy is already high because Billy has been plying him with weed. So he's already high. He's getting a little, I don't want to say paranoid, but he's starting to hear things. I think he gave him that weed that Smokey was smoking in Friday because he was just like... like, Had to have been something. (laughs) Had to have been something. Had to have been something because like, as they're walking, he keeps asking them even before butcher gets into his little coma he's like what did you say did you guys hear that like it's not paranoia but he's he's hearing things and it's starting to make huey a little bit on edge because at this point you don't know what soldier boy is going to do you know so while they're walking trying to find mines uh storms cabin they come across a priest and a nun who are having car trouble. Why are you laughing, Anthony? <laughs> because that, that whole scene was, was hilarious. A priest and a nun driving down the road <laughs> in the middle of fucking nowhere. Come on now. Right. It doesn't make sense. Like, where were you guys going? <laughs> so they're having car trouble. They see, uh, you know, they see Soldier Boy and Huey coming out, coming out of the woods, and they're like, "Oh, are you a superhero? Can you help us?" Blah blah blah. Soldier Boy gets ready to help them with the engine, and Huey starts asking them questions, and Soldier Boy just pulls out a gun and he he shoots the priest in the head, and rightfully so, Huey is freaking out. He's like, "Why are you killing them?" The ner- the nun is freaking out, and Soldier Boy is like. Yeah, they're here randomly. This is a this is a trick of our mind. He, they, they're going to attack us. And as Huey is sitting there telling Soldier Boy that he's being ridiculous, that they aren't attack, that they aren't going to be attacked, the nun jumps on his back and bites his neck like she's a vampire. <laughs> 
It's like, ah, get her off, get her off, get her off. I was like, what in the world are we watching? So anyway, he shoots the nun. She falls on the ground. They keep on going. But the funny, whoa, whoa, the whoa, funny whoa, thing whoa. was. The huh? Hail Mary. Yes, Hail that Mary. was funny because <laughs> all he did was he I mean, just did this <laughs> thing in a circle. I was like. He looked, he, looked like he, he looked like he was putting on, he was putting on spraying cologne. He was just like. Right. <laughs> I was like, what the hell was that? <laughs> Oh the nurse, the, the nurse, the nun says, "Die, you fucking cocksuckers!" Yeah, they they probably were not <laughs> in their right mind. Probably not. Probably not. So they finally get into um, Mindstorms, like his cabin, and while they're looking, they see him reflected in a mirror. Soldier Boy is about to shoot him. And as he's about to shoot, Huey transports over to Mindstorm and then grabs him and transports them out of the cabin to where Butcher is. So he kind of convinces Mindstorm, okay, hey, look, I'm not one of the bad guys. I'm trying to help. I want to, I don't feel, I don't want to do this. He was like, I was trying to be something I'm not. I'm not a superhero. I don't want to do this stuff. I just want to go home, but I need you to wake my friend up. Please, we're not going to hurt you. Once you wake him up, I'll transport you wherever you want to go. I will never ever tell anybody where where you are. I just I just want to be over and done with this. So he does wake Butcher up. But in the midst of that, Soldier Boy finds them and attacks him. Now, I got to say I did not notice this until I watched it tonight. I did not notice that when he threw the knife, he threw the knife and it literally enters the side of Mindstorm's eye here and goes yeah. across his eye like this. It was like, how would you even like? It's a hell of a shot. Even, even throw that so that it lands in just that precise way. That was one hell of a throw. Yeah. So he attacks Mindspring. He gets on top of him. He kind of you know hits him, covers his covers his face with a bag so Mindspring can't. I mean, Mindstorm can't do anything to him. And he asks him something about, you know, the, about them selling him to the Russians. Oh, it was it was noir. Okay, yeah, I know it was noir, but he wouldn't have been able to do it without Vought. And and Mindstorm was like, oh, Vought gave him the go ahead. They were the ones who were like, yeah. And so Soldier Boy asked him, well, why would they do that to me? And Mindstorm whispers something to him. So while Butcher and Huey are having a conversation and watching this whole thing unfold, he's telling Soldier Boy something. Whatever it is, enrages Soldier Boy to the point where he starts smashing his shield into Mindstorm's face. Yeah, that reminded me of that scene in Falcon Winter Soldier where Cap killed the the um the flag smasher. Uh, exactly. Yes. So Mindstorm is dead. His face, his face is literally split. Soldier Boy gets up and walks past Huey and um, Butcher. He just looks at them and he doesn't say anything. And Butcher's like, what did he say? Says nothing. So later we see a scene of Soldier Boy just kind of sitting. And it's almost like he's in disbelief and he's sitting there trying to figure out like, it's almost one of those, what am I going to do? How do I do, you know? It's like he's processing the information he's heard. So then we see Homelander 
in his suite. He gets a phone call and it's from Soldier Boy. And Soldier Boy was like, you know, circumstances has changed. I, I felt a talk was needed. And before Homelander can say something smart because he's about to, Soldier Boy cuts him off and he was like, 1980, Vogelbaum calls me into his office, says he has to do some kind of test for genetics. I jizz in a cup. And in spring of 1981, Vogelbaum has a kid born. You know, that there's this new kid. And Vogelbaum is the person who was over that program. And as Homelander is listening to that, Soldier Boy says, you know, the, the crazy thing is, if they had just left me alone, I would have gladly stepped to the step to the side to let you ascend. After all, what father wouldn't want that for his son? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> I was like, oh, here we go. But Lori called it. She she called it, I think what episode two or three, she may have called it and said, Hey, what if this is what the case is? So kudos to you, Lori, for getting it. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, it just it just follows the yeah. comic book tropes. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it was it was gonna eventually right. happen. But uh yeah, this is this is not good it for Billy and Not at all. Not at all. But it also makes sense. And if you think about it, if you look at some of the parallels in this episode, you remember in the last episode, not last episode, two episodes ago when been um confronted crimson countess and he was talking about how much he loved her we saw that with Maeve and homelander i think in the same episode and then homelander was talking today about oh i wanted to have kids with you blah 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 soldier boy said the same thing to huey when he was talking about crimson countess he was like yeah you know i actually wanted to start a family with her you know have a little boy have a couple little boys and you know show them how to be a man so there's a lot of parallels that they've been showing us between Soldier Boy and Homelander. So it's really not hard to figure out that that's where they were going with the story. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, it was one of those things when they actually said it, I was just like, oh, it's about to be some shit. It's about to be some shit. Because now you got two toxic men who are related, which, again, no surprise. That's that whole nature versus versus nurture thing. Homelander acts yeah. kind of like Soldier Boy does. And and they're both a little bit um yeah, they have mental problems. Yeah. Mental health issues. Yeah. Yep. One has PTSD and the other one has dissociative identity disorder. Uh, excuse me, Soldier Boy says he does not have PTSD. He is fully aware of what is going on. Exactly. Not when those Russian songs plays, he don't know what's going on. That is true. I don't remember that. Really, what mm-hmm. happened? Come on, dude. Right. That's <laughs> right. He don't remember that, but he, he remembers the penthouse he used to jack off like June. Danielle right. Deneau bushed like a Pomeranian. I was like, Exactly. I was like, and, and Hugh even said, he was like, the things that come out of your mouth are so gross. <laughs> Oh, like, like when he said, what did he say? He said, uh, what he was talking about, Butcher, what did he do? You know, he sucked your dick. Was it like a, a was it like a Hoover? Hoover, <laughs> Hoover Deluxe? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, ooh, gross. <laughs> I, I, 
I mean, Soldier Boy just, ugh. and now we have two of them. I mean, if you think about it, Ho- Homelander is his son. You have two and a half of them. Well, Ryan is not quite there yet. And we haven't seen him in we haven't seen him in a couple of episodes, but yeah, it probably, I mean, if you think about it, he doesn't have his mother's influence anymore. He doesn't have Billy, even though Billy would not have been any better a role model. So I guess in some ways we can kind of be thankful for that, but it's like Billy Homelander. He has some Um, he has some anger issues though. He does. He does. So I I don't know that that's going to be a whole interesting thing and and again we only have one episode left now so I can't see them waiting to the next season to I won't necessarily say resolve that part of the storyline but you know there's going to be some kind of whether it's going to still be a conflict between them because even though yes Homelander is finding out that Soldier Boy is his father I kind of sort of feel like for Homelander, anything that's going to take the focus off of him, he's not going to welcome it. Even though we know he has been secretly yearning for that type of father figure, he's looking for a connection with someone. He's looking for a sense of family, which is why he latched on so hard to, um, to Ryan. He's looking for that sense of family. And now he possibly has it. But I feel like for Homelander, he may feel like that relationship will overshadow him. Like if it does come out, oh, so, I mean, think about the way Vault will probably spin it. Soldier Boy comes back from the dead. He's been held captive by the Russians. All he wanted to do was reunite with his long lost son. So he was going to do that by any means necessary. And but they're going to spin it in that way. And then it's going to become this story about soldier boy's homecoming and what he had to go through and this is going to overshadow homelander i don't think he's going to like that regardless of who soldier boy is to him he thinks all of this is supposed to be about him think about it when he first when he realized soldier boy was alive he was like oh my god this is going to destroy Bob. oh it's going to destroy me so i don't know what that reveal is going to do for him but I have a feeling it's not going to be good. It's not going to be good. Billy and Huey and MM, Annie, they they all they have a huge problem on their hands now. And I just, oh, that's going to yeah. be interesting. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they deal with that. All um, right, let's get to the menage a trois. I was just about <laughs> to go over here. <laughs> <laughs> I was telling Mike I was I was um editing the hero gasm episode and I came to the part where we started debating the type of mammals or type of animals that that the deep could have been messing around with and I was like I think this is going to be our TikTok clip. <laughs> oh man. That I'm going to post because it the fact that we were even debating something like that was crazy enough. But okay, let's yes, let's get into this. Um, first of all, 
the deep and the way that he kind of talks his wife into this she comes into the room he was like oh put that work stuff down yeah let's come over here and talk and how about you get into this mood and then he's like so I know we love each other but you have to admit that our sex life has been kind of vanilla lately and she was looking at him like excuse me like she was offended and he was like so I just you know thought maybe we could try to spice things up you know maybe bring somebody else into it she was like who do you have in mind he was like Oh, at that minute. moment, she should have known better. At that moment, right there, <laughs> like you, she should have known. She should have fucking known. That's not his. That's that's on her. That's on her. And and once again, he says it was a straight face. Like, <laughs> With a straight face. With a straight face. Just, he pulls the from behind the bed. The bed. From behind the, the bed. Not even. Not even in the fish tank behind the bed. He pulls it from the bag behind the bed. Now you know <laughs> that plastic grocery bag can't hold water like that. <laughs> anyway, he pulls the octopus out. Talk about this is Ambrosia. She thinks you're she thinks you're really hot. Super hot. He's a kid. She thinks you're super hot. Next. Okay. Oh Again, oh straight face. <laughs> <laughs> no this is the crazy thing oh my god so the next thing we see is of him in the bed and you know he's oh uh, da 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 <laughs> and, and what is this <laughs> Ambrosia can't wait Ambrosia wants to taste you I was like oh my and, god and then no, the no, tentacle, no. Before, the tentacle was, catches... before he even said that they show him and Ambrosia is again Attached tethered to his nether regions, and you actually see the motion looking like she is I, going to town. Going to town. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Then he I'm says, sorry. She can't wait to taste you, and then the tentacle touches her leg, and she's like, I'm out. Like, no, I'm out. I'm out. I can't. I went to see out before. She should have been out before. This is on her. Well, she was going to see where it was going. She was over there laying in the sexy pose, watching this thing give her, suck her man off. And I was just like, oh, she might kind of sort of be into it. She did turn on on her back. She was naked. Then she turned on her back and put the pillow over and like, and clutched the pillow. But I'm like, it's too late to start clutching shit now. Well, she's trying to, she's trying to be a trooper. She was trying to, you know. I'm sorry. I can have all the love in the world for my man. No. Nope. There are certain things I will never agree to. I'm so sorry. If Jason Momoa as Aquaman came to me and be like, "Yo, how about?" I'm so sorry. You, I'm no, out. you no. You, if it was Jason Momoa doing it, you probably be like, "Absolutely the fuck not." <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm I'm, I'm still I'm still just when he, I'm sorry. <laughs> Absolutely not. There is a limit. <laughs> There's a limit to my love. I wish. Well, I wish. I wish, to, I wish not... to God I had. I wish to God I had the little, the the plug in to, to give me a Jason Momoa face. <laughs> like she wants to taste you. I was gonna say this is not the conversation you want to use the term plug in. No. Some lines are not meant to be crossed. Absolutely, and that is one of them. 
she was like oh no i can't do this i can't do this and he's like really upset and so is the ambrosia apparently ambrosia feelings oh my god i'm sorry betsy in the entire series oh my god she was like hold up i can't and again again prop props to the prop department because that shit was like That shit look. I mean, oh, I was yeah. like, "Oh my god, that oh. shit looks like a real octopus." Oh, that like, was just, that was. Oh. And, then, and then the conversation oh. that happens afterwards sounds like Anthony and Mike in the last episode. She was like, "You want me to fuck a fish?" He was like, "Well, first of all, she's a she's mollusk. A mollusk. <laughs> <laughs> Two, she has feelings." And then he's like, "It's okay, baby." And he puts her back in the water. And she's like, "How long have you been? How, how long have you been screwing it behind my back?" He's like, "Excuse me, it's not an it. It's a her." And then they go into the it's like, like, like get your pronouns. Get your pronouns right. Get your pronouns right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We, we got back up. He he really went about this the wrong way. He should have shown her some tentacle porn like he should have got some some hentai he should have got her mm. you know prepared ain't that this. much hentai in the world <laughs> ain't that much hentai in the world <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh my goodness I, I, i'm just I'm watching it again it's like the the revulsion that she has when that tentacle touches her leg she's just like Whoa, no 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 I, i've never seen some you know that shit was probably slimy and cold oh. and oh, oh. <gasps> I'm, so- I'm sorry I'm sorry <laughs> yeah needless sorry. to say I okay, think that marriage is over control. because she's oh like I'm giving up a whole year yeah. of my life for you and he was I like, give up my tenure at Vassar I mean before you. she's basically okay well that was, first of all she was a damn fool for getting up the, the tenure well, at Vassar that was a but she's mistake. basically been uh, steering I'm sorry rebuilding his career like she's been instrumental in that right and 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 I think that was what her job was from the church mm-hmm. was to do yeah. that I'm sure that'll come into play later on you know uh down the road about specifically why they chose for her to be oh, yeah. attached yeah. to him that way and all that stuff but yeah no that was that was one of the best best scenes of television i think i've seen in like my life say, anthony they did that awesome. scene with a straight face like y'all are arguing about the fact that she don't want to fuck an octopus like what what like oh i just she just need time to cool off that's all <laughs> ain't that much cooling off in the world you just uh. wants to take that Mm-mm. no Ain't that much cooling off in the world. <laughs> oh my God. That's disgusting. But like I said, I have a feeling that marriage is over. Yeah. Because she basically made it be like, look, I was the one who helped you uh, you know, get your get your career back on track. He was like, all you did was write a few lines. And what was it? He said, why did they, if you're the, if you're the brains of the bunch, why did David Egger say I had, what, what did he say? I was remarkably intelligent or something that he said. I was like, didn't nobody say that about you. Nobody called you an intellect of any kind. Not not without being paid. I'm just saying. Uh, That's the, oh my God, that scene. Yeah. Um, 
I'm, I'm going to kind of go with what Anthony said in the last episode. If I never see another scene with the deep and an octopus in any capacity, it will be too soon. We just, we don't need it now that you, Ooh. we have seen him eat an octopus. We have seen him fucking an octopus. I don't need to see anything else. The next thing you look, the only other thing they can show me is him walking an octopus like a dog. And I think we're past that now because he would have done that before he actually had relations. I don't see anything else. Nah. He he obviously has a type. That's that's yes, he has a type. (laughs) I don't even know how to dignify that with a response. (laughs) So we're gonna we're gonna move on because we need to talk about Black Noir's imaginary friends. (laughs) And his his Chuck E. Cheese fantasies, like, golly. I love when when TV shows do this because whenever, I I don't know if you guys have ever watched it, but I I didn't like The Good Wife, but I watched The Good Fight and um, they do a lot of this, you know, the animation stuff, you know, to make a point across whenever they're trying to do something. And I love when shows do this because it's like, it's brilliant because it gives you a break from the visual, but at the same time, you can get a lot more information in there and it makes it, do you have to pay attention? So when I saw that they were doing it, I was like, oh, this is going to be good. So, yeah. So, yeah. Um, let's just say that Black Noir's history with Soldier Boy is hella traumatic. And I think that may be an understatement. So Black Noir goes into this old abandoned Chuck E. Cheese type um, establishment and he has these these characters, you know, the characters kind of like, um, what was it that you said? Mike, you referred to them as something else in the last episode. Anthropomorphic? <laughs> no, he was talking about it. He was referencing like, we didn't say Chuck E. Cheese. I don't remember what it was, but for me, they reminded me of like the get along gang. Do you remember that cartoon from the eighties, the get along oh, yeah. gang? Uh-huh. That's kind of what it reminded me of. But anyway, so there are these characters that are on the wall and then he sits down and we see them kind of come to cartoon life and they're all coming to him. They're surrounding him. They're showing him love. So obviously these are the things that kind of helped him when he was younger and they mentioned certain things like apparently when he was when he was what they said nine he paralyzed somebody and he set something on fire somewhere else and apparently he he had a pretty violent childhood and these characters were the ones to kind of help him go through it which is not surprising you know as kids I think we've all had like imaginary friends or you know you kind of visualize that the the cartoons that you watch like those are your friends or whatever maybe not quite in the way that black noir imagines them but we can kind of understand that whole thing you know yeah and plus plus I mean we find out that he's been through a through a heavy mental trauma so it's like whatever he can cling to from his previous life, he's going to cling to fervently with both hands and not let go of. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's like he paralyzed a kid and he hit in a ball pit after he paralyzed a kid. Mm-hmm. And so they got him past his first erection in seventh grade. I'm like, oh God, that's way too much information. Like, way just, too much information. I don't need to know all that. 
especially after octopus sex. Like, I don't need any more. <laughs> I don't need any more mention of sex in this episode ever at all. But one of the things that we do find, because they're they're trying to tell him that he needs to face up to his fears. And then they're like, hey, come over here. Let us let us show you something that, you know, that you kind of put in the back of your mind that you don't remember. So the the memory starts out, I think, you know, they're putting on this memory for him almost like they're doing a stage show. And what happens is you see a scene of Soldier Boy and I forgot which character it was, but they're also cartoon animal characters. It was, I think it was Gunpowder. Okay. And they're sitting there, they're fighting each other, they're sparring or whatever the case is. But Soldier Boy is like whooping Gunpowder's ass. And as they're finishing, Black Noir comes in and he's kind of upset with Soldier Boy because apparently Black Noir was the one who was in the lead for Axel Foley in Beverly Hills Cop, but he lost out on that role because Soldier Boy badmouthed him. And when he confronts Soldier Boy about it, Soldier Boy was basically like, um, "You are not the actor. You're trying to be like me. You are nothing. You would you wouldn't be perfect for this role. You're not funny." Um, and then proceeds to start whooping Black Noir's ass, like beating him to a pulp in front of everybody. Everybody is like trying to stop him. He's not listening. And then once he finishes beating Black Noir, he turns to all of them, basically saying, you guys are nothing without me. If I, what did he, what did he tell Black Noir? If I ever see you trying to rise up again or trying to, I guess, be better than him again, I will put you in the ground. So this is a person who feels the need to dominate his friends, his group. And once I saw this little part, I was like, oh, that's why they sold your ass out to Russia. Uh, you get this the little soul thing where he's little soul thing where he said, if you ever see you try to move on up, like he mm-hmm. was like mocking him from like like the Jeffersons. He was like, I'll put you in the fucking ground. I was like, mm-hmm. damn, dude. This goes back to what you said, Hanukkah, about he he doesn't want anyone to out. Just how how Homelander doesn't want anyone to outshine him. Mm-hmm. That's exactly Soulja Boy's how the same Soulja way. Boy mm-hmm. was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Huh. And then we go through the second memory, and it is of when they were in Nicaragua, and Black Noir is having a conversation with Stan Edgar, and. This is where they are decided, okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to, we're going to give him to the Russians and Black Noir is like, uh, or rather Stan is like, so is everybody, can you get everybody on board with this? Everybody except gunpowder. He was like, okay, I need you to get, I need you to get this handled. So the flashback that we saw from Grace Mallory about what happened in Nicaragua, that was only partially true. Yes, they were attacked. But the things that happened to to Soldier Boy and also to Black Noir were not because of the attack. So Payback starts fighting with Soldier Boy. And of course, Soldier Boy is the strongest of them. He can, he's kind of holding his own with them. And then I think Crimson Countess comes behind him and muzzles him. But that's I what think- my 
the mom, mind control guy like kind of kind of got him a little bit with his mm-hmm. mind control. Yeah. But before that, I think he corners Black Noir, fights him, puts him on the hood of the Jeep, and then he starts doing the same thing that he did to Mindstorm. He starts doing that to Black Noir. And when we see the flashback from Grace Mallory of Black Noir sitting there with part of his brain gone, that was because soldier boy did that and you kind of see even though we can't see his face you kind of see a change in the body language of black noir when his little cartoon friends are like look this is this is what your history with soldier boy is like you've got to put an end to this you got to stop running you gotta you gotta end this you know and i was just like how is this gonna I, I don't know because now at this point it's kind of like the deck is starting to stack in weird ways because at first you thought it was going to be Soldier Boy versus Payback which he's pretty much killed all of them except Noir now. I think Noir is the only one that's left. You also have Butcher and Huey who are against Homelander but now Soldier Boy is obviously going to jump that ship. He's going to be over on Homelander's side because Homelander's son. At least that's what we think. But then again, Soldier Boy may have that same... I don't know. He may have that same mentality towards Homelander that I was saying Homelander might have towards him. Not that he would want... Not that he would be upset if Homelander overshadows him, but I don't know. If you think about the things that Soldier Boy has said, especially in terms of what it takes to, you know, to be a man and what a man is and who acts like a man and this, that, and the other, Homelander and his need for acceptance and his search for love, wanting people to love him, wanting Stormfront to love him, wanting Ryan to love him. Soldier Boy might take issue with that and be like, yeah, we don't care about this kind of stuff. And he might kind of go ahead. I was gonna say back to that comment he made, you know, when Butch was like, he's the new you, and he's like, There's no one like me. There is no one like me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't know. Now now you have Black Noir, and we know for a fact. Obviously, that's the reason why Black Noir cannot speak. Because in the flashbacks, we saw he, again, he could talk. So you got Butcher, Huey, Black Noir on this one side. Okay, and that's that's if Black Noir, if he actually does decide to go after Soldier Boy to kind of end it. Because again, he's the only one left. It's obvious that Soldier Boy is going through his old team and he's killing everybody. So at this point, Black Noir has no choice but to fight him back if Soldier Boy comes for him. But you're talking about Soldier Boy and Homelander, the two strongest soups out of all of them. Soldier Boy was the strongest of his time. Homelander is the strongest of his. I don't know if I like those odds because even with that, You've got Butcher, Huey, Black Noir. You've got Annie, 
Kimiko now that she's got the V again. Hey, and what if Annie finds Maeve when she goes to get the, the V? Then that would put Maeve on their side, too. Yeah. If she decides to fight, because <laughs> we don't know where Maeve's head is right now. We don't. We don't. Yeah, it could be anywhere at this point. I mean, with her being locked up and, like, you know, she's already, like, contemplating, like, the end of everything. So it's like, mm-hmm. you don't know if she's suicidal or she just is going to go kamikaze and be like, what the fuck ever. Either you're dying or I'm dying. We're going to fight it out. Let's go. I mean, it's like right. she's kind of in a bad state. Right. So I don't know. Oh, but, you know, Annie, you got to give it to her. When she does go to find the V and she's confronted by Homelander. <laughs> And Homelander's sitting there, you know, he's he's talking down to her. He's threatening her, threatening Huey. And she pulls out her phone and she was like, yeah, you know, you just said this to my 190 million followers. And he tries to play it off like, oh, <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to be recording when we're running lines. I was like, nope, dude, she got you. She got you. In 4K. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, you know, he he should be really glad or she should be glad that he just didn't have one of those moments where he like flipped the switch and just like decided to like choke her out or punch her because then it literally would have been over for him. But that was a brilliant yeah. move that she yeah. did with that. I mean, she was live. But um, Homelander is starting to lose it. You know, you got all of these accusations coming from starlight or excuse me annie and now it like you just literally confirmed everything that she's been saying he goes to this uh rally for bob singer (laughs) and instead of endorsing bob singer as a political candidate all he's doing is ranting and raving about starlight to the point where victoria newman has to find him in the stable after he just milked a cow with the glass of milk, I mean a bucket. No, with a bucket, a of, bucket milk. of milk. I mean, he didn't have to make those faces while he was milking the cow. He was just like, oh, but he did. This is Homelander. He did have to make those faces. Oh my god, he that had was to, so gross. He had to feel the full level of ickiness for Homelander because we haven't had anything milk related with him in a while. Oh my god, they had to remind us that this was a thing for him. But I don't know what it is that Victoria Newman wants because she comes to him and she's like, look, you need to get your shit together. You need to do this. You need to do that. You need to like admit Soldier Boy is alive and, and take control of the situation. And he gets ready to like, I don't know if he was going to kill her, if he was just threatening her. But she was like, look, I'm just trying to help. You do one thing for me and I can help you. And I was like, that sounds kind of weird considering you just came into the place where he was like literally acting out the satisfaction of one of his fetishes and then you're like okay well you do for me and I'll do for you right but he gives she gives him a piece of paper and I don't know what the paper was but he looked at it he was like where did you get this I was like "Uh oh what is on this piece of paper I guess we'll find out the next episode, but I was like, I don't know if I trust any kind of partnership with those two. Because one, 
you don't know if one is going to betray the other and what kind of consequences that will have. But at the same time, you don't know if they will work well together and what kind of consequences that will have. I think she's still trying to go along with what Stan wanted to do. You think? I think, and, and I think part of that has to do with her, you know, going into the political realm. Because the only reason why they introduced the guy running for vice president is they're probably, you know, oh yeah, this is the dude we're going to get rid of so she can be the vice president. Ah, like, yeah. Basically. You know yep. If they, yeah, I forgot. I forgot about the guy who was introduced, but yeah, yeah, they introduced him, and I was sitting there thinking, I was like, "Dude, you're not gonna be on here for long." But yeah, yeah, that that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and if it goes along with with what happened in the comic books, that's that's one of the things that happened. That mm. the character Victor Veep that she's supposed to have, you know, be based on, becomes mm-hmm. the president. So, ah becomes the president so that means bobby singer won't be around for too much longer yeah i don't remember how it happened in, in the comic but yeah okay remember bobby oh uh, but anyway i just gotta get rid of bobby that's my that's my dude um let's see let's see what else is there we talked about the rally and it just happens to be that at this rally where homelander is going off about starlight and everything this is the same rally that Todd was at with Janine that we talked about way at the beginning of this episode. And Todd is sitting there, he's cheering Homelander on and doing all this stuff. I was like, this is not going to work out well for him. So I don't know who sent who sent Mother's Milk the the Instagram post or was it just that it was a notification that came through and he got it but I was like somebody sent him that post of his daughter and stepfather at this rally and he was like oh absolutely not left out so fast I was like yeah he about to go take care of that I'm telling you Todd you are not you are not built to brawl with mother's milk and that was that was evidence by the way he went down with one punch and was out. But out. you know, you know, Marvin had to put some oomph into that punch too. And probably had to hold himself back. Cause I'm yeah, he probably could have broken uh Todd's face with the amount yeah, he of pain. He could have sold the boy. I tell you. He broke that man's spirit. That's what he did. <laughs> He's lucky that's the only thing he Damn. broke. I hope he broke his nose too, fucker. <laughs> I'm telling oh, you, man. this ain't what you want, Todd. Not what you want. And I'm sorry. I need Monique to get. I need Monique to handle her business. I need her to handle her business, and she needs to put some boundaries on that that boyfriend, husband, whatever he is. No, she. Her. I mean, no, she needs to do better. She's doing a better job because she. She was like, I told you. I'm like, you need to do more than tell him. Because obviously he ain't paying attention to you. No, no, she just she. she I'm I'm sorry. She. No. She needs to really, really understand that this man is hurt. Now I know they're not together. I know she's moved on, but though, if nothing else, 
the lack of respect that Todd has for 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 Mother's Milk as the mm-hmm. girl's father. I mean, the, I, I, it's like I can't see any mother be like, oh, yeah, that's fine. No. I mean, yeah. So what? They're not together. So what? She's moved on. Right. Check him. OK, mm-hmm. she needs right. to check Todd. Absolutely. That's all I'm saying. That's OK. Mother's Milk did it for. Should check his ass. Yeah. He deserved it. No doubt. He, he absolutely deserved it. I think the thing that Marvel was trying to tell him was really he was just saying you put her in danger. Like, first of all, you don't know what's going to happen. People, mm-hmm. shit happens around Homelander. Whether you believe all the other stuff or not, right. things happen around him and people get hurt. Don't take her to a Homelander rally. You know, that, that, that's basically it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what um, what's her name? I can't remember the ex-wife's name. Monique. Monique, that was her problem too. Like, why did you do that? You know, I think also too maybe with Monique because Marvin has voiced his opinion about superheroes and Homelander specifically before he did it at um, Janine's birthday party. Yeah. So the fact that he has made that known and then Todd went and did it anyway, I think that's that was part of what Janine was like. Excuse me, you did what? Mm-hmm without talking to me because again yeah i understand you heard stepfather that child still has a mother in that house and monique knows that with her before anything yeah and she knows enough of the truth like what really happens to know that that's not something you want to play around with being around supers and she probably knows a little bit of the truth about homelander too because of marvin Mm -hmm. right so I don't know. Like I said, I'm still confused as to how Janine and Ty ended up together in the first place. I understand what y'all said before about their their opposites. And op- there's opposites, and then there's what the fuck were you thinking? And Todd is part of that. What the fuck were you thinking? I can tell you exactly why she she fell for him. Complete opposite of Mother's Milk. Stable, decent job home every night not run around not crazy not paranoid i mean i get I it mean, he's not crazy right? he's not but paranoid but time. he's he's on he's online following all these conspiracy theorists and all this other stuff it's just like a, I said, it's a different there's crazy opposite there's opposite right it is right that's there's yeah what the but fuck he's thinking and I'm sorry well on on paper he's a lot on paper he's a lot more stable he's a teacher you know i mean i get that but at the same time who who knows when when people somebody falls for somebody you just you 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 don't know but to me it just seems like and, and i'm just gonna say it just seems like todd seems like he's a very easily influenced very weak uh minded type of a person and that anything you know like okay somebody said something to me the other the other week which stuck in my head someone said someone referred to them as a crab and i had to ask them what they meant by that and they explained it to me and i was like oh you know i was like okay so i wouldn't say he's what they would call a crab but he's someone who's easily influenced to the point where he begins to rationalize the uh 
the outcome and the results of what this other person is doing in order to make himself feel better. I mean, I there there's 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 groups of people in in this country who who basically felt fear for the very first time because of whatever circumstances and they turn to something whether it's religion whether it's politics whether it's a comic book or 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 whatever but sometimes people just want answers to something that they don't have answers for and they when they find something that makes them feel good they stick with it even though they know it's wrong so i think that's todd i guess i still feel like he's a what the fuck were you thinking I mean, they all t- all turn out to be like. I mean, eventually they turn out to be like that. But at the moment, you're like, okay, that's kind of cool. But then it's like, oh god, what the fuck was I thinking? It's just like you know, articles of clothing or cars or you know, other bad decisions that you might make in life. <laughs> I may not. I may or may not uh wholeheartedly uh disdain and hope that there's never pictures of anything i wore in the 90s so as far as bad decisions are concerned leather uh or the hair me and me and t-boz look just alike for a while uh what about your I'm friends say, i get your point <laughs> <laughs> you know mike you, you know, do not want any like, scrubs okay <laughs> don't want any oh good. no we don't want any scrubs <laughs> why why and and i was nobody's little secret so they are... <laughs> oh man yes yeah, so i i you know i i lay awake at night and i pray that no one has any pictures of any of me of me from 1999 to 1999 oh, i'm sure man. they're out there somewhere oh, lord have mercy you know you know life choices you know those those satin jeans that they used to have i may have had a few pair warm in public yeah <laughs> did we miss anything in this episode yeah uh, no other i don't i don't think we did but i think the biggest thing for me with this episode is again the animation the i love the way they told the story uh the fact that you know we find out a few ooh you know, moments about Soldier Boy and about Homelander, but I have to say as a penultimate uh, episode, it yeah. wasn't bad. Yeah, it was good. I mean, who we thought Soldier Boy was a douche before. Like, oh. Uh, dude, speaking I, of which, shout, um, shout out to, to see. shout out to Jensen Ackles for singing the Jimmy Soul classic if you want to be happy for the rest of your life at the beginning of the episode cringe <laughs> worthy <laughs> oh my god that was awesome that was so cringe worthy <laughs> and then Paul Reiser's character talking about I was the one who produced that shit, that like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> again Paul Reiser should get nominated for something for being in this in this episode in oh, the series man. hilarious his character is <laughs> hilarious but you know Ooh. it's interesting because at you know when Huey comes in and talks to him he's like what are you looking at and what did he say um past Past mistakes mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) and it's just like he starts voicing the things about how you know how things were back then he's like yeah you know what we were full of shit I mean that's basically the gist of what he was saying (laughs) he's like this was full of shit and I got paid off of it I got rich and it's almost like he's sitting there and you can feel how disgusted he is with himself because yeah you are the person who enabled 
all of these these people the people like soldier boy to exist the way that they were and not check them not correct them nothing so this is why soldier boy is a major douche who's sitting downstairs screwing your housekeepers right now well, talking well, about this room fit smells like reefer and being gay well <laughs> the way the way the legend made it seem which you know is up for interpretation he had more control over them than Vought did. Like he was able to manage them and control them and, you know, keep their predilections, you know, to themselves. It was Vought who wasn't concerned about collateral damage. Right. You know, right. And I think which which makes you wonder what happened along the way that that changed because if they were able to control them to that point back then there's no reason why they can't control them now, now. i think he talked about that in the previous in the previous episode about what happened. he got he got pushed out okay i missed something. that then. something happened yeah i think he did say something about that especially like with the way things are now you know a lot of these soups their reputation and their star power is basically like the result of social media and all of those algorithms and that sort of thing so in a sense it's kind of like the public controls how popular those superheroes are and depending on how popular they are like with the seven the seven can get away with anything because they have that Mm. they have that um they have that following they have a reason for Vought to say, okay, you know what, we'll keep them at the top because they are the, the, the public is the one, uh, you know, the public is making the soups profitable. And that's what Vought wants. Okay. So who, who's going to push us into this part of the stratosphere? And unfortunately, even with the craziness going on with um, Homelander, he still is like the top soup for them so i don't know i all i'm gonna say is this last episode is gonna be real hella interesting oh did we talk about how soldier boys are fraud well i mean that was kind of that was kind of a given you know oh, i stormed normandy oh. i fought the nazis <laughs> and he didn't do nothing but you know when he would try to tell him yeah you're a big fake Put yeah, the five fingers so, face to the face. Stop. So yeah, Huey, you got superpowers, but you this ain't all that. Five finger technique. Exactly. <laughs> Who are you? <laughs> Do I need to end it right there? I need to end it right there. That's it for our show. You can find us online at www.fandomhybrid.com. We're on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Fandom Hybrid. <laughs> You can chat with us on our Discord channel. You can watch our videos on our YouTube channel. And you can listen to us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Uh, Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the conversation next time.